25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, let's go. Hour two underway on this Friday. A busy hour one, hour two just getting started. A lot coming your way that I'm looking forward to. And some first-time stuff here on this show in hour two. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service, And they're available to you, your hometown heroes, people that can help you on a moment's notice. You're going to have an insurance agent handling your insurance, helping you make decisions to be better, more secure, and smarter about how you set up your insurance. And they're a phone call away with a cell phone number. They live right down the street. You go to church with them. You see them in the carpool line picking up your kids. That's who Farm Bureau local insurance agents are, and that's why you need to give them a chance. Go to favorites.com. Coming up in a bit, I'm going to give you a story that traces right back here to Mississippi, but it's big-time professional sports, and I wonder, I just can't help but wonder at what point in the future are we going to see this kind of stuff maybe make its way to the NFL, make its way maybe even to college football as we talk about this name and likeness debate in college football that we all love. So we'll get into some of that. Uh, On the text line, Planet Pearl texted the show and said, to me, football is the best team sport ever. I played all the way through high school, privileged to watch my son play and be a member of state championship team. Best Saturdays of my teens was listening to Jack Crystal on a fall day, describing and laying it out as he was seeing it. Planet Pearl says, bleed maroon and white, but when that game was over, I would go through the stations and find another game. MSU broke my heart more than any woman ever could. (laughs) Yeah. That's the way it is, and I think most fans feel that way about their team, right? Because they want to win every time when they don't. It feels like your heart's broken. All right, here we go. Um, let's start off on the Divinity Equipment phone here in hour number two. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, Divinity. Dog 66, been hanging on forever. What's up, dog? How are you today, Matt? As far as I know, I'm great. What's up? <laughs> well, good. Look, I'm... Uh... Wondering about the state game this weekend. I'm an Auburn fan also, state first, Auburn second. But I'm just wondering if state might have a chance this weekend because Malzone, as an Auburn fan, Malzone usually has a couple of uh, brain-dead games where he does some stupid coaching moves if uh, they have some adversity. And I'm just wondering if that might could possibly happen against State this weekend. I know it has before, hmm. and he's done pretty good this year so far. So I think he may be due for one of those uh, brain-dead coaching games and uh, maybe give us a shot. What do you think? 
Well, you know, I would say that would certainly help, right? If you were able to get that this weekend out of Malzahn, if that's if that indeed is true. I, I just think that this looks to me to be a team that in years past, Malzahn has had some Auburn teams where throughout the year they had a they didn't know who they were on offense. They didn't really know who they were or what they wanted to be. You know, when they had Cam Newton, it was clear. When they had Nick Marshall, it was really clear who they were and what they wanted to be on offense. They've had some other years where they were unsure about it. They couldn't figure it out, and that's when they really struggled. This Auburn team, although the numbers aren't huge and they certainly aren't throwing the ball that much, even with a true freshman quarterback, you watch them and they have a very clear idea of what they want to do and how they want to do it, and that's why I think you know, that's why I think they're ranked where they are and why they've been able to go to A&M and win convincingly, and it's been hard to get them off the field. State state definitely, you know, football's a game of momentum. It really is. Therefore, being on the road, State's going to have to have great energy, and they're going to have to make some good stuff happen on defense early in the game in order to be in it, I think. So um, not a, not a direct answer to your question, but just a few thoughts, so. Hey, and I appreciate you calling yeah. and hanging on as long as you did. Hi. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. It's really going to be interesting to see um, <clears throat> how this works tomorrow. And and honestly, what would you be telling the truth if you said that because there are um, freshman quarterbacks as opposed to the older guys, you know, these set-in-stone juniors and seniors – Everybody feels a little uneasy about it on both sides of this game. Auburn less because they have had success. They've won against you know a good team away from home, and now they're at home and they're heavily favored and and all that. But I'll, I'll remind you, they were heavily favored in this game last year when they played in Starkville. State was unranked, and Auburn was ranked number nine in the country, and Auburn was heavily favored. So you just you don't always know how it's going to go. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something uh, right now that's a piece of news that came across my phone this week, and then we're going to talk to a guest about it right now uh, here in the Farm Bureau studio. But listen to this. The Nashville Soccer Club, you soccer fans, you know what I'm talking about. This is Major League Soccer. Nashville Soccer Club and Renaissance Bank have announced a partnership where Renaissance Bank has signed on as the club's first jersey sponsor and official banking partner. So it's not, you know, just a, a name sponsor. It's actually, you're going to have the logo on the jersey of this pro- professional sports team. It's going to be a huge deal, pro soccer in Nashville, just like you saw what happened with hockey there. And um, Renaissance Banks, it's like, feels like a home company for me. Um, if you watch my film study stuff, which many have on, you know, YouTube and on the social media channels, you'll see that Renaissance supports that. They support so much on a local level. You see them inside stadiums at State and Ole Miss and, and all over the SEC. You see them on the banner behind Nick Saban on his press conferences. You've seen him. You've seen Renaissance Bank and on the um, <clears throat> videos that AL.com puts out each week, kind of, you know, a little comedy satire that we all love. So you see them everywhere. And now they're stepping onto the jersey of a Major League Soccer team. And when I read the article, I, I see some quotes from folks at Renaissance Bank who are neighbors right here in my hometown of Tupelo. I think this is a really big deal. And I couldn't help when I saw it but think, okay, what's the next step? When's this going to happen in, 
you know, the NFL or maybe even in college sports as we see this name and likeness stuff begin to uh, get kicked around as a real possibility. So what we're going to do right now is live in the Farm Bureau studio, we're going to chat with John Oxford, the Director of Marketing for Renaissance Bank, and he's on your radio right now. Hey, John, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you loud and clear. I appreciate you coming on on a Friday. Um, I guess the volunteers, they have the weekend off, right? You were doing so well as my hype man with that Renaissance rundown of our marketing, and then you just had to jugular me <laughs> with the first live comment that I could repeat back yeah, to you. Yeah, had so, just, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna beat Idol this weekend, so it's a win <laughs> for the balls. Win for the balls. Okay, so I saw this on my phone. It's why I reached out to you, and I do want to at some point see if this does come back around to a college football conversation. But for right now. I mean, this is huge news for you guys at Renaissance Bank, John. Well, I see this story that this it's a big deal. Major League Soccer coming to Nashville. We know what kind of sports town that is. And when they trot out on the field for the first time, am I right? We're going to see Renaissance, the logo, on their jersey. Yes, and it's a, uh, it, it's a great deal for us. It will be. Uh, Major League Soccer is one of the few sports where you can brand the uniform as a full brand uh, the NBA does little logos on, on the, I think the left, uh, left collar. And then, uh, you know, you've got your NASCARs and PGA golf where we're a sponsor as well. Uh, but that's a smaller NASCAR is big, but it's, it's a different deal. Uh, and then you've got, um, PGA, which is a little smaller, but you know, you can get some close ups and some good brand there, but soccer, MLS soccer is probably the major sport that's uh, it's the fastest growing sport in mm. America. Obviously, it's the most popular sport in the world next to cricket, which everyone thinks is so weird because we don't really celebrate those like uh, Europe, Asia, and other countries do, and South America or continents. But anyway, um, point to all that is it's a great deal for us. It's going to put us on the map, we think, in uh, a national brand position as well as in the South. And uh, it's good to see a Mississippi bank stepping up in the Music City with a some good branding and business partnerships. No doubt about it. And, you know, for instance, I, I, when I was reading the article, I see the quote there from Renaissance CEO Mitch Waycaster. Well, you know, I know Mitch. I see him every weekend at church. We go to church together to his family, and it just feels it, – it, honestly, John, it just – you said it, a Mississippi bank, but it just feels like such a big win just for, you know, like Tupelo and, and Mississippi in general. It just feels like a big win for us if – for lack of a better term, you know? I think it is, and it shows the strength. I mean, we have some strong banks here in Mississippi, and, uh, you know, a lot of them fought through the, the downturn and have come back stronger than ever and have uh, been doing M&A and other activities to grow jobs and grow business for our state and putting our name on, on, a, on a major league uh, team, and it happens to be in soccer, it's a pretty big move. I don't know that there's any other Mississippi banks that have their names on anything as big right now. I, I'd hate – I mean – Regions is is here, but they're headquartered in Birmingham. So, but I'm thinking of some of the other three or four largest ones. I mean, some get golf tournaments and stuff named after them. But a, a uniform that travels around the country and may even play internationally at some point, pretty big deal for us. And and you know, sports is so hot in Nashville. You saw the draft. You saw the Preds. Uh, if the Titans, you know, they're they're kind of like the Vols. They have kind of a downtime right now. But sports is so hot in Nashville uh, that we thought it was the right time to make a, a big move for our bank and our brand. John Oxford from Renaissance Bank on your radio right now. 
And if you don't, you ought to follow him on Twitter, at JohnOxford1. If you are uh, watching this clip, you'll see it right there. Just take a screenshot, and you'll have it for yourself. Uh, if you're listening, again, it's John Oxford from Renaissance Bank. Uh, Renaissance is going to be the jersey sponsor for the new Major League Soccer team in Nashville. So you said it, John. The hockey deal. Now they've had the Titans. They've had AAA baseball in Nashville forever. Always, forever has been branded as Music City, but now it's kind of Sports City. Did the hockey thing that we saw in Nashville over the last couple of years with the Predators, is that what really made the light bulb go off about this soccer team that's coming there? I think it's it's three things. Uh, as a bank, we've got to look at economics. So the demographics of Nashville are great. It's growing, affluent. Uh, if you live there, you know, you're probably stuck on the highway because there's so many people moving there and the real estate's at a good spot. So economically, it was good, but I know this is a sports show. So I think for that, yes, uh, you know, who would have thought hockey would work in the South? So that's one. And so I guess we're, we're kind of making a calculated bet, but it, you know, it's a, it's a marketing bet that sport that soccer will work in the South as well. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, they're going to play two years in Nissan stadium and then they're going to move over to a, uh, um, to their own stadium. And so we'll be, we'll be their partner along the way as they kind of build their brand up. And this is the 25th uh, year of major league soccer. So it's an anniversary year. Uh, they're gonna, we're going to try to build the rivalry between Nashville and Atlanta, which is the most popular MLS city. Is Atlanta, strangely enough? And so they've embraced it. So we think Nashville will, and that'll be a nice regional rivalry. And by the way, we've got a few banks in Atlanta. So it's a good uh, good mix for us to have our jerseys playing in the uh, Mercedes-Benz. Uh, is it Dome or whatever they call it over yeah. there? Because I know, I know there's the Superdome has the Mercedes sponsorship too. So I get those confused because right. that's my ignorance. But anyway, so it's a good, good deal for us. Good deal for us. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and John, so as I mentioned before you came on, you know, we see this in major league soccer and it is the fastest growing sport. It's huge. You look at Atlanta, it's just unbelievable how that has taken off there. And so as an outsider person in the media, now I'm just a, a viewer, a fan, a, an outsider, you know, watching sports and, and loving it. I can't help but wonder how far might we be away from this kind of thing happening in the NFL? You mentioned the NBA, but I'm thinking football, the NFL. College football is now out in California, and this name and likeness thing starting to pop up as a, as a possibility for college athletes. Are we, do you think we're closer, or are we still a long way from like a jersey sponsor type opportunity happening in the NFL and college football? So... I'm I'm no Nostradamus, but mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's soon, and here's why. The NFL, if you follow media and sports the way you do, you, well, you're a member of it, and I follow it pretty closely due to our marketing relationships. There's a there's kind of a growing course that is too commercialized with commercial breaks, and I think the NFL last year maybe said they were going to try to shorten those. You know, the Super Bowl has an average of 96 to 98 commercials because I tracked them uh, during the Super Bowl. We've done Super Bowl ads before on a regional level. And it gets to where if you time 96 times 30, some of them are a minute, the actual time of the commercial is much longer than 15-minute quarters. Uh, mm. So you, you've got a distraction there, and people are going to their phones, they're streaming, they're not watching those commercials as much. So if the NFL reduces those to, for more game time for enjoyment of the fan, they've got to make up that revenue. And I think a great way to do that is by following the NFL, uh, I mean the NBA, excuse me, and patch one of the sides, they already do it on practice jerseys. I mean, you see Gillette with the right. Patriots and, and all these kind of local, regional, national brands uh, on the teams where they live. Uh, so I think you'll see it on one of the shoulders of the pads uh, in probably the next three to five years. And I think by doing that, they may reduce 
two or three commercials during the game. I wouldn't put my money on the commercial reduction, but I think it does make a nice talking point and soundbite for the average fan that gets a little sick of the commercial break every two minutes of football. Well, sure. And, and haven't, we've already, like you said, we've already seen commissioner Goodell in the NFL, not only talk about it openly, but look for ways and be honest about, Hey, we've got too many commercials in our games. They pretty much said that last year, didn't they? Yeah. and, And, you know, I know this. We live in the SEC land, and, and by the way, check out SEC Shorts if you if you like the comedy after the weekend. We release those every Monday on Renaissance Nation. So if you want to check out SEC Shorts, I'll get a plug in there for my, yeah. my comedy that relates it. But to that point, uh, you, you know, you're starting to see obviously the branded headsets are real popular now. The branded press backdrops, uh, corner end zone posts, all this stuff is all branded now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know when the NCAA doesn't think, well, heck, we can, you know, bowl games, we put logos on the fields. I don't know why they couldn't think about doing it as well to increase revenue at that level. I know they don't want to commercialize as much because it's amateur athletics, but my gosh, it's, it's the stadiums are already busting with advertisements when you go to the games. I mean, what's putting something on a shoulder pad that says uh, YouTube or Coca-Cola? I mean, I, I don't know what the, the argument against it would be other than it's just more commercialization of amateur sports. Sure. Hey, I have to, before I turn you loose, John, I have to hit on the SEC shorts. Um, Pretty much any college football fan uh, around here knows what we're talking about. Um, The, the, the the comic videos, uh, the fun, funny videos that come out of Birmingham and, and kind of cover the, the SEC, SEC shorts. Um, How did you guys at Renaissance get involved in that? So we were looking for content to, and I'm going to sound like a bank marketer here, but to differentiate our brand a little bit from the others. And we'd seen success with them. Odd story, and I don't think this is anything against them, but uh, they had a casino sponsorship. And uh, while it was great for SEC Shorts, I think some of the other media outlets were a little hesitant to pick up at points, maybe a casino sponsorship, due for various reasons. Uh, and so anyway, uh, when it came open for bid, we jumped in and got in the process and won it. And uh, and I think we split it with Dr. Pepper. They do one on like a Wednesday or Thursday. And then we do the uh, the, the one on Monday fresh off the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, we thought it was a good idea to get some uh, eyeballs on our brand. Uh, you know, we, we branded ourselves the best bank in the South. And so what better way than by understanding Southern culture and kind of tongue-in-cheeking what happened over the weekend uh, with kind of the funniest event of the weekend, whether it be a – uh, Notre Dame player faking like they're hurt, which they might not have been faking, but that was kind of the joke. So sure. don't pick me for a Notre Dame fan. And, you know, Tennessee getting beat and trying to get out of the, the college playoff system because they don't feel like they can compete in it. You know, some just some funny stuff that some of it's a little close to home for Tennessee fans, Ole Miss fans and state fans and everybody that gets picked on because we're not the Bamas and the Auburns. But still, we picked on Bama when they lost to Clemson last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, no one's safe. But again, it's tongue in cheek. It's not meant to be hurtful. It's just fun. Southern culture uh, relating to SEC football. Yeah, and they're dead on. And, man, they really do resonate. Everybody watches them. And I've had a few. uh, I watch a lot of content, John, and so it's hard to really get a genuine LOL out of me. Like, I actually laugh out loud, but that one has hit me a few times uh, right in the gut. (laughs) So it's good stuff. Um, I've even seen some faces in those videos I recognize. You know what I mean? They even stuck me in one one time. (laughs) I got little bit of love but you know those videos are averaging million to two million views and impressions uh every week and so you talk about a brand buy and you can't get that if you bought every television in the south uh because people wouldn't watch it but you know they're watching it's trackable due to social media so it's a really good advertising medium uh, for our bank and our brand and uh, we love what those guys do and, and hopefully they keep making everyone laugh with the stories of sec football 
uh, this off the off the field. Yep. Hey, John, listen, uh, I know it's the weekend's about to start. Um, it's a busy time for y'all. Congrats so much on the partnership uh, with Major League Soccer in Nashville. And I really do appreciate some time here on a Friday as, as well on the show. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Have a great weekend. Hey, thank you. I appreciate what you do for us too, Matt. You're a, you're a good ambassador for us, so I appreciate you very much as well. Man, thank you. Happy to do it. All right, buddy, have a great weekend. You too. All right, see you. That's John Oxford uh, joining us via Skype. Hey, Beaver, how about that? We talk about technology. Uh, how cool is it that we don't always have to have uh, someone on the telephone. We just dial them up on Skype, huh? Not bad, is it? Yeah, look at that. The Matt, we don't have that here. That's the advantage of the Matt Wyatt show, though. <laughs> well, and honestly, honest to goodness, it's it's not just looking for an opportunity to plug a sponsor, but C Spire, because of the advantages, some of the stuff I have at my fingertips because of C Spire, not only devices, but ways to connect. Um, it's a it's an advantage. It really is. It's neat. And there's John sitting in his office, and we just pop him up on Skype. But, you know, uh, I just wanted to share that with you all. I want you as listeners of my show to be aware. This is a Mississippi-based bank that has really gotten big regionally. And when you watch this Major League Soccer team, it's the fastest-growing sport. They're going to go head-to-head with Atlanta. The passion will be there as soon as they start winning. And this Mississippi bank is going to be right there logoed on their game uniforms as they play. And here's the guy behind it at Renaissance Bank, John Oxford, telling you, soon, read the tea leaves, soon. We're going to have sponsor logos on NFL jerseys, and we'll see how far down the road something in college football pops up like that. Thanks for tuning in. we got a long ways to go. We'll get to your texts and phone calls next. Talk a little college football in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. You know what we call that uh, in radio when I'm about to yell something and instead of doing it right into the microphone, I intentionally get a little ways from it. So it's like instead of really loud, I go, go like that. That's called mic technique. (laughs) Beaver, I have excellent microphone technique. You don't have to tell me about it. I'm. (laughs) I'm well aware of that. You know, that right there almost sounded like I was uh, fishing for a compliment, but I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't really intend to do that. No, no, no. Around here, we you don't know, but around here we call it the patented Wyatt mic technique. <laughs> well, let me just tell you something. I'm picking up your sarcasm. Well, I would hope so, because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Um, if you go to this YouTube video right here, Beaver, and I look at the very first comment on YouTube under this video, this says, this is the most sarcastic piece of music I've ever heard. You'll know what it is? I'm about to play it for you. Are you sitting down, Beaver? I'm ready. All right, here it is. <laughs> 
Yeah. Nice. Isn't that great? <laughs> and there it says, this is the most sarcastic piece of music I've ever heard. <laughs> What's, and then look, y'all, listen, if you're listening, I like rule number one of radio, I learned a long time ago, is inside jokes don't go over on the radio, so don't do them. And, and we're not, we sort of are doing one and it's my fault. This is the theme song to the show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Don't let your kids watch it. Nope. It's not a kid's show, but it is a hilarious show for adults. Um, and, and you're right. Nothing about this music in any way should apply to the show. Therefore, it is. <laughs> even the intro is very sarcastic. Didn't yeah. you? And you told me to be ready for a new season of this show, right? Yeah, it uh, started two nights ago. Impressions so far? What season is this, by the way? This is season 14. Wow. And and you know what's amazing about that? You think about how successful they are now. All the people involved with this show, including Danny DeVito on FX. And Beaver, they filmed the pilot. They just got together and bought like a little home video recorder for like 200 bucks. Yeah. <clears throat> and filmed the pilot to this show. And now they've been on for 14 seasons. It's, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, they spent uh, less than tapes and everything, less than $300, <laughs> I think it was. And it's just like, it's so apropos for the show itself, you know? Yeah. High class, fancy music at the beginning, and then... <laughs> You tune in and, eh. and yeah, and then Charlie is eating milk steak. <laughs> mm, milk steak. <laughs> milk steak. That's still one of my favorite ones. Is when they tried to make a dating profile for Charlie. And what was some of the questions they said? Um, what's something you're afraid of? Right? Or, or in that, what they asked him, what you're afraid of? He said the ghouls. I'm afraid of ghouls. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They asked him his favorite food. He said milk steak. They said, <laughs> "What? What is one of your pastimes? Oh, magnets. <laughs> what, what magnets? Just magnets. <laughs> yeah. What do you collect? Ghouls. <laughs> you know, little, little green ghouls, little buddy. Green ghouls. Okay. And 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 I think the moment I didn't pick up on this show like. Um, you know, they premiered it, and I watched the first one on. It, I'm, I was late to the party on this thing, so I'm watching some reruns. And the one that really pulled me in was when Dee, uh, the female protagonist on the show, uh, wanted to be YouTube famous. Hmm. And she always fancied herself as either an actor or actress or maybe a comedian, something to become famous, you know, get rich quick. And so she was going to come up with these characters that she could perform and put them on YouTube, and therefore people would like them. And one of them was imitating a, uh, what was it, a sassy, what did she call it, a sassy? A sassy Latina newswoman. A sassy Latina newswoman out on the streets interviewing people. And the other one was she dressed up like a, le like a redheaded leprechaun yeah. uh, sort of thing for Patty's Pub. And in both instances, as soon as she got on camera, Charlie hit her in the face with a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> because in his, his eyes, that's the kind of thing people watch on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what gets the hits. That's what gets the hits. You just got to take it, you know, and bam, right in the face. So anyway, the new season, 
And I just wanted to make sure we put that out there for your benefit, Beaver. Oh, well, thank you. And the jerk, I don't know if this is apropos or not, but uh, the jerk on the uh, text line says that this is actually Beaver's very own intro music. You know, Beaver, I swear, if we could get away with copyright, which we might, we need to make a video of you during the course of your day, your normal day in Jackson and around the radio station, and we'll back it with this music. It'll be oh, perfect. I'd be good. I'm and telling like, you, I'll do it. You, you want to do the thing where like it speeds up, where like 24 hours, or my 14-hour day here <laughs> is res- down to like two minutes. Yeah. Two-minute video. That's it. Yeah, we'll I like it. that. I like it. I think we should do it, and and I'll be happy to be a part of it. Okay. All right. How in the world do you get something back on track? Well, let's just try it. Let's just see what happens. All right, if you're tuning in here uh, late on this Friday, plenty of, of ways to go. Now, you do have lots of college football to get into at the end of the show here. So coming up in about 10 minutes from right now, I'll give you why it's winners. I'll pick some top 25 games. There's not a lot to look at there. It's pretty easy. And as you know, same thing in the uh, SEC, but I'm going to throw a couple of NFL games in there for you on why it's winners this week. Um, I wanted to ask you this about high school football. I didn't get to tune in to uh, the gridiron with you and Chris today. I know Chris was on a remote uh, beaver. D- do you remember if at any point he brought up this story about Morville High School? Um, walking off the field during their game last week and therefore being put on, for the time being anyway, probation? No, does not ring a bell. Okay. Let me see if I can pull up the details here. And I kind of know them off the top of my head, but there was a report in the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal uh, yesterday, and it it chronicled the whole situation really well and even had some quotes. Okay, so here's what happened. Listen to this, Beaver. It's funny because on yesterday's show, I know y'all brought up Mantachi as a place, and Chris didn't know quite where it was. Morville is really close to Mantachi. They're kind of rivals. Morville's got a pretty good uh, team this year. It's just outside of Tupelo as you're headed east, like going to Fulton. It's, Morville is A lot of people actually live in Tupelo, and kids go to Morville High School. Morville was playing at New Albany last week. New Albany won the game 38-7. to but Morville players and coaches walked off the field with eight minutes, 18 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. It, that, that happened after three, what they, the story said, three physical altercations and several ejections. The Morville coach, Jimmy Young, his quote is this, I made a decision as the coach that I felt was in the best interest of my kids. Okay, because they left the field before the game was over, the school is being fined $500 by the MHSAA, and they are automatically put on probation. They filed an appeal on this thing yesterday to have the probation lifted, but if it's not lifted, they are effectively disqualified from postseason play this year. So their athletics director has a quote. His name is Roman Doty. He says that his football coach made the right decision to pull his team off the field, but maybe they should have handled it differently. Here's the quote from the Morville AD. What we should have done was call timeout, gone out there, talked to the officials, and talked to the opposing coach. 
He says, I think at that point everybody would have been in agreement that that wasn't football that was being played, and we would have been better off to just cancel the game at that moment. Twelve players, six from each team, were ejected. And they all have to sit out a full four quarters of suspension, effectively, as a result. So apparently, with about four minutes left in the third quarter, there was a mortal player ejected for throwing a punch. A little after that, a big old fight breaks out, multiple ejections in the game. Another mortal player ejected in the fourth quarter. But the AD at Morval says that his player got shoved after a whistle in the fourth quarter that he didn't retaliate, yet they tossed both the Morval player and the new Albany player out of the game, even though the Morval kid didn't do anything. So here's the kicker. Here's the key quote from the AD at Morville High School. He says, our kids didn't start the fight. Our kids didn't leave the bench during the fight. Our kids didn't retaliate when they were being hit. Our kids did everything they were told to do. And he says, and I hate to see them being punished. That's the reason we are appealing this. How about that? So the coach has the full support of the athletics director who was there and says he did everything right, that it was the right thing to do to get his kids in the locker room, that what was going on the field wasn't football, yet because they were the ones that decided to get off the field with eight minutes left, they're the team that's on probation, and if it sticks, no postseason for Morville High School. Again, all that reporting done by the North Mississippi Daily Journal. What do you think about that? I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like it. Not that I can remember. Still a little ways to go. I'll get to Jason's phone call and your text coming up. We'll do Wyatt's Winners. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, Miko on the text line says, Matt, on the moral topic, MHSAA should review the tape and reinstate them if the claims of the athletics director are accurate. However, I do feel they should have spoken with the other coach before walking off the field. And, yeah, I think that's true. You know, I, the whole cooler heads must prevail sort of thing in, in that situation. I can understand not doing it and just saying, hey, guys, get to the locker room. But coach to coach, you're right, probably should head on over, call the officials up, say, hey, I need to talk to him. Say, hey, man, listen, this is – we're not going to stick out here. I mean, congrats, you guys have won the game, but this fighting, pushing, shoving after the whistle stuff, we're just – we got to get out of here. You know, at least talk to him about it. So, again, not being there, who knows what did or didn't actually – happen you're kind of taking the word the reporting and the the quotes uh one way or the other it's just an odd thing you you do not see situations very often at all i I mean i'm i'm trying to think of my entire life of where a high school team just basically says we're done we're out of here and leaves the field i just don't know that i've ever seen it all right um we got wyatt's winners coming up first though Let's take a call here on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Jason, hanging on the line. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. Just wanted to call and 
get your opinion on this uh, Tommy Stevens and uh, Schrader thing because I was watching the Kentucky game yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, Schrader looks like he's got it. Well, you know, whatever it is, right. there was a, a, a series there right before halftime, I think, where it was third and eight, and he drops back and looks for a receiver open. There's not one, and next thing you know, he's 25 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, other than experience, what is he missing that Stevens has? Yeah. That's a really good way to word the question. Okay. Other than experience. And I think in order to answer it accurately, then experience kind of has to be a part of it. Because what it is, is, is Tommy, a fully healthy Tommy Stevens is much more frequently going to be able to really make a defense pay in the pass game. See, what good quarterbacks do, it's not always, you hear this phrase, making a play or making plays or players make plays, you know, and they do. It's not so much about, from a quarterback standpoint, about making plays as much as it is getting to a point where a defense simply cannot make any mistakes because if you make a mistake, he is going to stick the dagger in and twist it. And listen, think about Tom Brady. You know, they seem explosive. He's the best ever. But he is a guy who, if you if you have one player in your secondary just a little bit out of position, one little breakdown, he's going to make you pay for it. Dak Prescott in college, watching him in college, that his, throughout his college career, he had a knack. For if there was something the defense had a breakdown in, he would exploit it. And it was amazing. I watched the films like, how did he find that? And he just had a knack for finding their mistakes. And from what I've seen, Tommy, because of his experience in the past game, he can just do some things that a true freshman is not going to be able to do. His timing is going to be a little better consistently, snap to snap. There are times when we're going to call something that, you know, we're telling him we think you're going to read this side of the field, but he's going to snap the ball and see something and know I'm flipping my head back over here and going backside with it and really make a defense pay. Some things that, frankly, a freshman's just not going to be able to do as consistently. Athletically, there's no drop off, they're the same size, there's no difference in overall arm strength. And Schrader is faster on a dead run. Tommy can really run, but Schrader's faster. But it's just that 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 knowledge of manipulating a defense, Tommy's going to be ahead of him in that area. Does that long answer make any sense to you at all, Jason? It does. It was I kind of took notice when you referenced Dak. There's a few times in that game, you know, there's a couple of those little swing passes he threw off his back foot that, you know, made it to the the running back or the receiver coming around. Yeah. And that's exactly who I thought of when I was watching that was, was Dak. Mm. But not very many people are going to be, you know, that quick in their head to be able to do something like that, much less be able to make the throw. Yeah, and one of the things that was really encouraging, you know, watching him against Kentucky is how – relaxed he was in the pocket and a lot of times Jason that comes for a guy who 
it knows that he's a good enough athlete to get away from people. When you're big and slow back there, it's easy to get uncomfortable in the pocket. But when you're fast, it's, you can you can get comfortable because you're confident you're going to get away from people. And I think he has that element to his game also. Hey, Jason, thanks for calling. I hope you have a great weekend, okay? All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. We'll need just a little bit of background, if you want to call it that. Let's do Wyatt's Winners. Let's do it. With the few minutes that we have left here. Let's start them off in the SEC, huh? Texas A&M at Arkansas. Texas A&M is a, almost a four-touchdown favorite in this game, and they are on the road at 2-2 two and two Arkansas. You've seen stranger things happen than Arkansas play better against A&M than people think they should. But this is not a spread pick em. This is a winner. And the 23rd-ranked Aggies on the road after losing to Auburn last week will get themselves ready to play this game, and they're much better. Wyatt's winner, A&M. 11 o'clock SEC Network, Northern Illinois at Vanderbilt. Northern Illinois 1-2. and two. Vandy doesn't have a win, but this will be the time to get it, and they're at home. Wyatt's winner, Commodores. 2.30 CBS, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Bama a prohibitive favorite, obviously. Tua Tonga-Valoa is already sitting there with 1,300 yards passing and 17 touchdowns in the air, and he'll add to it big time tomorrow. Wyatt's winner, Crimson Tide. Gainesville, Florida. Wyatt's winner, Florida Gators, hosting the Towson Tigers. Snoozer. Tomorrow night, ESPN, 6 p.m., Auburn, Alabama. Seventh-ranked Auburn, 4-0, but not explosive on offense. The numbers back that up. Mississippi State getting better week to week. One year ago, different location. Mississippi State unranked, Auburn ranked in the top 10, and Auburn a favorite. And Mississippi State rushed for 350 yards. Won the game. It was not close. And the equalizer is one staff out coached the other. Auburn's motivated. This will be another time when Joe Moorhead and staff out coach Auburn. Wyatt's winner. Upset on the road, Bulldogs. 6.30 SEC Network, Kentucky at South Carolina. After a loss last week, a must win. You can't go 0-3 in the SEC. Kentucky, a winner on the road. Wyatt's winner, Wildcats. And uh, let's do it real quick um, in the NFL. I told you we'd do a couple of NFL picks here just because there's not very much interesting in the top 25 in college football. So I think it's the right idea. You had a great game last night. 12 Central Fox on Sunday. It's Chiefs at Lions. Chiefs outside of the Patriots. Yeah, they're the best team in the NFL. Chiefs 3-0, 2-0 away from home. Only played one home game. The Lions are 2-0 this year as well, coming off a win over those Eagles last week who turned around and beat the Packers last night on Thursday Night Football. This will be a closer game than you think. But the equalizer here is the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who's doing things that we've never seen before. Wyatt's winner on the road, Kansas City. Thank you, Mitch Holthus, play-by-play announcer for the Chiefs. And Sunday night in the Dome. 720 kickoff, NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. 
Mercedes-Benz Superdome, New Orleans, Louisiana. Dak and the Cowboys are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, according to ESPN, over under 47. There you go, gamblers. I'll throw you a bone. The Saints are 2-1. and one. They're 1-0 this year at home. They're coming off that road win at Seattle, which nobody really saw coming. Teddy Bridgewater played you know, a heck of a ball game to help his team get that win. Cowboys are perfect, trying to stay that way. They're 3-0. and They've only played one road game. Nothing like what they'll see, though. In New Orleans, they went to Washington, where half the stands were full of Cowboys fans. That won't be the case on Sunday night in New Orleans. However, maybe the most talented team in the NFL across the board, the Cowboys, because they are the most talented, in spite of being on the road. I hate to tell you this, Louvier, but it's why it's winter. Dallas. And frankly, I, I would, okay, and I'll wrap it up right there. I would feel differently. I'm not knocking. I've always liked Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not knocking him at all. I would feel differently about it if that were Drew Brees back there and that experience and that wealth of experience under center. But it's not Drew Brees. Therefore, I think Dallas goes in there and figures out a way to win that game. Dallas really won the physical battle last year against the Saints in that ballgame. Of course, that was played in Dallas. So there you go, Wyatt's winners wrapping up the week. Thanks to Beaver for filling in for Roger. Thanks to everyone who tuned in, texted the show, called the show, tweeted the show. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll do it again on Monday. See you then. See ya! You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.